So it's funny. We uh, yesterday, Mike actually joined me um, for hindsight 2020, and I and I know what you're thinking. Hindsight 2020, uh, NFL Week 17. This one post. Uh, it's Monday morning, so we've played all but one game. One game tonight. And what me and Mike did, we hadn't picked our contest games yesterday. So by about 12.30, half hour before kickoff, we sat here. Real quick, I went down the list and I asked him, hey, one word answer, who do you, who are you taking and is it a lean or a like? So I guess two word answer. And he went through all his games. And so then I looked at ones that we had in common. Uh, we start recording. He gives his ultimate decision. Uh, I give my ultimate decision. I uh, we talk about the games that we had in common, and we did this neat, interesting little nine-minute podcast. And I was going to complete the fifteen-minute hindsight by doing what I normally do and going over the games, but. It kind of amazing. Two things were amazing. One, we went four and zero in games yesterday. Uh, that, that absolutely amazing. We we went four and one back in week three. Thought we were on pace to compete, and then fell apart almost every weekend after, and couldn't sniff uh, four wins. So, really good day yesterday. Uh, but what's more amazing is it's the first time that I completely lost an audio file. Um, I think I messed it up. Looking back on it now, I think the way I saved the project yesterday wasn't the safest way to save it. And then when I think I was trying to get back into the file, I was having some trouble and I may have corrupted it. It may have just been a, a bad file or something happened, but I'm pretty sure I'm at fault amazing uh, that that has not happened to me, that I haven't completely lost a piece of audio. Uh, So it was nine minutes, us going over the games from yesterday. I'll try to recap them as best I can, as that's what we do. Uh, I know we've been staying away from the contest as we've fallen out of contention, but (laughs) when you go 4-0, why not talk about it? Uh, so our super contest picks from week 17, Mike's ultimate decision. Mike went ahead and took the San Francisco 49ers laying, laying 13 and a half against Houston. Now I think where Mike might've been a little bit off was talking about Trey Lance being the next coming of Steve Young. Uh, he thought quarterback controversy, Jimmy G might not have a job. Okay, Mike, a little bit oversold, but that might have been what he had to do to uh, accept laying 13 and a half. I'll say this. I would have been off on this game. I would have gone with Houston if you made me pick just based on number. But I did think that the format was conducive for the 49ers. You could run the football. That's what you want to do to protect Lance. And at the end of the day, the Niners carried the ball 37 times, averaged over four yards a carry. They really controlled and dominated the game wasn't as explosive in the red zone, but they were walking away with points. And listen, I think Mike's philosophy here was kind of simple, that San Fran, a much better team, needs the win. You've got the Texans, yeah, they've been playing okay lately, but if anything, maybe that had them a little bit overhyped. 
I like the idea that we've I've talked about this so much this year and and Mike's really had some good insights on it is that once the book is telling you the favorite is going to win by double digits the idea of value in the number is at least diminishing and if you like a game you like a matchup sometimes you lay the lumber look if Trey Lance had been everything that Mike was talking about Maybe the Niners win this game by 30. I mean, they only win the game, I think they won by 16. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, even without pure domination, it wasn't even close. And Mike wasn't afraid to lay that number, so I think it made his Niners a really good pick. Uh, My ultimate decision is tonight I'm taking the Steelers. I will mention this, though. I took the Steelers plus three and a half. And one of many factors that I liked in this game was that my power rating said the game should be Steelers minus one, and that was the look-ahead line. Well, now that game is back to minus one. It has swung from plus three and a half to minus one, and I haven't seen any major injury news. There could be something that I'm just missing, uh, but... A lot of it has to do with the fact that Cleveland has now been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And look, I knew this could happen. The way the games would unfold yesterday, that this game might not have meaning for either of these teams. Part of my handicap was it's still going to be meaningful for the Steelers. Ben's final home game, maybe final uh, home game as an NFL quarterback at all, certainly with the Steelers. Makes me love this pick even more at plus three and a half. Now, I could, if I wanted to, I could hedge out of this a little bit. I could put a little money on the Browns plus one and possibly catch a middle here. It's very an unlikely middle, but I I could hedge out, but I love my Steeler pick. And the fact that the line has moved in my direction, meaning I couldn't get the Steelers at as good of a price now, as I did when I bet them, makes me feel like I've really navigated the waters here well. Taking the risk with you know all the COVID protocols, it's hard to bet early. But I wanted that three and a half. I'm glad I got it. We'll see how it turns out. Other games yesterday. Now, we, I picked earlier in the week. I always just pick five games. And I try to grab games where I think the line might move. You can change your picks in the Super Contest we're playing, and you can take advantage of line moves. Look, there are methods where you do not have such luxuries, and it makes those contests much more difficult. I, I accept that and want to be honest about that. It's a perk to ours that I think is really advantageous. But you can buy lines early in the week and then change your pick. Well, we both agreed Philly minus three against Washington was a really good side. And we got lucky. They won by four. If you had bet this game at the market value, when me and Mike were talking yesterday, the line was minus six. Now, I fully said, I go, I don't think it would matter. And that was silly because the points do matter. I don't want to get away from that idea as I talk more and more about being open-minded to favorites. I'm not devaluing point spreads. I'm just discussing theories where I think big point spreads are less valuable than small point spreads when the underdog is concerned. 
But I think even myself, I got away from a couple games yesterday where I was going to play some underdogs, Cincinnati and Arizona to name a few. And I think I just, I didn't make the fact that my power rating said I was getting value in the number a strong enough affirmation. I I think I started to get caught up in the idea that these points matter less and less, and it's just not true. And yesterday is a prime example where me and Mike really, we just won the numbers game. Because we were wrong about Philly. If you compare it to the minus six, that would have been a loser. But because we got the best of the number earlier in the week and played that advantage, we catch Philly minus three, we catch a winner. Now, we also had the Bengals plus five. I had mentioned this game. I liked the spot for Cincy. They could clinch the division. They're playing a, a big contender in Kansas City here, you know, back-to-back conference championships for the Chiefs. This was a statement game for the Bengals, but because even with the loss, they could come back the following week, beat the Browns, and still win the division, it was almost a little bit of a free roll. And I thought that was good for an up-and-coming team like the Bengals, but I've been buying more and more into Cincinnati. And here's the difference in that game, because that game was very competitive, very competitive, down to the wire, easily, game could go to overtime, Chiefs could score a touchdown, and we're talking a loser. But I thought Cincinnati, with Joe Burrow, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 40, over 8 yards per pass, He made the big plays. And I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, that guy was unbelievable, right? I mean, no, nobody on the planet. If, if you're Andy Reid, I got to be telling Steve Spagnolia, you know, I don't care. I don't care if, if Higgins is running wide open down the field. I'm not getting beat by Chase again. Do not let this guy have another highlight reel on me. It was absolutely unbelievable. Chase, I mean, he looked like a gazelle out there. Remember when they used to have uh, like the track stars would race a gazelle? I mean, that's what it looked like. Pro NFL defensive backs uh, just chasing after this guy. Pun intended. It was unbelievable. But look, we got the best of the number plus five. I should have played this game at plus three, three and a half. I got scared off by the Chiefs, and I don't know why. I've been betting against them pretty solidly, losing every single time. You know, maybe it made me scared. You, you, you got to look at every game individually. I'm glad that uh, Mike was on this game because it definitely allowed us to pull the trigger for the contest. But this was a double like for us. We were on the Bengals. We thought we had the value side. Now, I'll, I'll say this. Boy, I thought we might see some more defense in this game. It turned out just to be an offensive shootout, but Cincinnati did not get exposed in a close game. I think that says a lot about where this team is and the potential for where they could be going. Uh, So there you have it. Had the Chiefs, had the Eagles, had the 49ers, and oh, one more game. You know, Mike brought this game on the on the map here, so all credit to him. He likes Chicago minus six and a half. And all I heard all week from the Sharps were, how can Chicago be favored by, by six and a half over anybody? And I see where you're coming from. They're not this dominant team, but I also don't think Chicago's a horrible team. And let's face it, the real question was, Giants plus six and a half? Who are the Giants to not be catching at least double digits against anybody? 
And I thought that this is going to be an amicable divorce between Nagy and the players on Chicago. I know the fans can't stand him. I know management's got to get rid of the guy. But I think Nagy, while not a good coach, was not horrendous. The guy had, I, I believe, a 500 record. He gave the team a couple playoff appearances. And let's face it, he's had a bad offensive line and not the best in quarterback play. I'm not saying Nagy's good. But when I heard the linebacker, I believe it was Hicks, come to his defense a couple weeks ago when everybody was trying to pin the Packer loss on Nagy, it let me know that Nagy hadn't lost the locker room. And then the Bears come out and they play hard. They play hard against Seattle, get a comeback win. So I thought the Bears would play in their final home game. I thought they would play tough for Nagy. I didn't think the players wanted to see the Boo Birds come out in Chicago. And the Giants forget about it. The Giants announce Daniel Jones coming back, Judge coming back, which look, I don't disagree with Judge coming back. And I don't know what you could necessarily do to upgrade the quarterback position. But what you told your players is, hey, this lousy shit show that's been going on for the past three, four, five years, we're re-signing for another season. All things the same. Stay the course. I don't know how that was going to be motivating to the Giants. It certainly wasn't motivated to Mike Glennon who completed four passes. I just got to tell you, I was on this with Chicago laying the lumber. I backed off playing the Broncos yesterday with Drew Locke. And Locke wasn't terrible. But because Locke is what he is, the Chargers were able to sell out against the run. And Denver couldn't use their advantageous quality of running the ball and couldn't exploit the inadequacies the Chargers have stopping the run. What does this have to do with the Giants game? I just decided, no, no Drew Locke with my wallet, no Mike Glennon in the contest. We're not going to take these awful, awful, inept quarterbacks. And it actually, to me, made Chicago the right side. I don't know if it was the sharp side, but I love the play. So 4-0 in the contest, we're going to try to end strong, go back-to-back winning weeks. Hey, if we go 5-0 this week because Pittsburgh hits, you will hear about it on Thursday when we do our final regular season edition. Thank you so much for listening. See you on Thursday.